Good morning, everyone. Wow, I'm so glad that you are here. And if you're watching online, I really appreciate you joining us today. Hey, I want you to do something really quick. I want you to think about something that you've really wanted to do your entire life, but haven't been able to accomplish yet. Something you really want to do. Something that you really have in your heart. And I, I want to talk to you this morning about something that I think that will uplift you, edify you, encourage you. I want you to walk out of here with a lighter spirit than when you came in. And I want to talk to you about being born on fire. You ever notice that, that in, we always use words to illustrate a state of being? Like if somebody's really, if you're playing basketball or, or a football or, or if you're in some type of sport and you're making all of your shots in basketball, they say, he's on fire. But when you're missing all your shots, man, he's cold. He's just jacking up bricks. You know, and it's always those things. It's, it's, it's the polar opposites. When you're, when you're doing great, when you're fantastic, when you're doing fantastic, when you're in rhythm, when you're rolling, when you're going, it, it's, man, they're on fire. They're just smoking. And then when you're not doing so well and, and everything you're trying to do is just not working out, it's like, man, they're cold as ice. And it's amazing. I want to talk to you about being born on fire because when you came to faith in Christ, there was a fire placed in your spirit. I know that when... When the, the church was born on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that there was the flaming tongues as a fire that sat upon them. And it gave them boldness. It gave them courage. It gave them strength. They were on fire for Christ. Do you realize that, that most people, most Christians, when they come to faith in Christ, that they will, they will talk about their faith to people outside of of Christianity within the first six months. You will, you will bring people to Christ, bring people to understand who Christ is within the first six months of your conversion than you will any other time in your life. And you ask yourself, why is that? Why is it that, that most people experience the greatest evangelism in their life within the first six months after conversion? It's because that they experience God. They have experienced the, the fullness of forgiveness. They, they have experienced what it's like to have their sins removed, to have a, a not just a clear conscience, but a, a pure conscience. And, and you know that it's not because of you, but it's because what Christ has done in you and for you, that if you were to go to be with him, that you have eternity with him awaiting because of his goodness, because of his grace, because of his amazing love for you and it puts a fire in your soul and you say I want others to know about this being born on fire Agnes Boyavu young lady born in, in Albania she came to, to trust in the Lord at an early age in her life and, and when she was a teenager the Lord gave her a dream, a passion, a vision in her life. She wanted to start an orphanage. 
So she decided, I will do everything I can because she kept this dream alive. She kept that fire burning in her heart. And she, she did everything that she could do. She began to study. She trained not only in Albania, but she went to Ireland. She went to India, and she studied, and she trained, and, and she gathered all of the knowledge that she needed and everything that she could. And when that day came, she stood before her superiors and said, I have a dream. I want to build an orphanage, and the only thing I have is a dream and three pennies. And her superiors looked at her and said, you can't build an orphanage with three pennies. In fact, you can't build anything with three pennies. And she looked at him and said, that, I know that, but with God and three pennies, I can do anything. Agnes had a dream. She had a fire burning in her. Like the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, 31, Agnes realized that if God was for her, who could be against her? That is one of the greatest understandings that we can ever come to in this life. That if God is on your side, and if God has put that passion in your heart, then God is not going to give you something that will make you falter and make you fall and embarrass you. And if God has said, I want you to do this, our responsibility is to step out. Whether we have three pennies or, or three dollars, it doesn't matter. Our job is to keep the fire going. It's God's job to give you the fire. See, men and women throughout history of the church have built and created and accomplished amazing feats against impossible odds. Building an ark when it had never rained. Do you know how stupid he looked? And it wasn't just for a day or a week. But 100 years of stupidity. Oh. Crossing a swollen Jordan River to get to a promised land where giants dwelt. Defeating giants when you have no armor and all you have is a slingshot. Enduring shipwrecks, stonings, beatings. All of these stories are about men and women in history that had one thing in common. They had the Spirit's fire burning in them. It was the passion of the Holy Spirit's presence that it ignited the flames inside these people. It was that on the day of Pentecost when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the one that had just 40 days prior had, or 50 days prior rather, had, had denied the Lord three times, stood up on the day of Pentecost of in front of the people that had crucified Christ and said, you're the reason why Christ was crucified, but he is risen again. And, and that fire that was burning in him gave him the boldness to stand and proclaim that Christ is Lord and Savior. And it was that fire, it was that passion that was in him that helped ignite in others. And uh, 3,000 people came to faith in one day. Peter spoke with passion and fire and boldness. The world was turned upside down, I'd rather say right side up, 
from 120 people. I would, I would dare say 120 insignificant people in the eyes of the world that were totally convinced and devoted to the fire and the passion that God had placed in him. So let me ask you again, what is that God-given dream that you have? What is it that, that in your heart of hearts, in your, in deep on the inside, perhaps you've never even shared it with anybody, what is it that you really feel that you're called to do? Are you called to take that missions trip? Are you called to passionately pray and serve until your family comes to faith? Are you called to be a prayer warrior? Are you called to write a book? Whatever it may be, what is your God-given dream and passion? And you say, well, I've had it for so long that I don't know if it will ever come to pass. And, and I, I will, I'm going to share a secret with you. God doesn't look at us as age. Abraham was 100, and Sarah was 90, and they had a baby. I'm not near 90 or 100, but when you're around little kids, I have all my grandkids at the house, I get tired. I can't imagine poor Abraham and Sarah. God doesn't look at us with time. God says, I put a promise in your life, and when you're ready to act on it, we'll go. What is the promise in your life? See, to see that dream, to see that promise, to see that fire built up within you, to see it come to fruition, there, you must do one thing first, and that is simply you have to act on it. You can't just talk about it. You can't just dream about it. You can't just think about it. You have to finally act on it. The priests, when, when God told the priests, he said, Joshua, I want you to take, I want you to get the priests and have, carry the ark and go across the Jordan River. Not just the Jordan River at the mouth where you could step across, but the Jordan River at its widest part. And it's, it's in the time of the season where, where the rains have come and it's overflowing its banks. It's a mighty rushing river. And, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to get the priests and I want you to carry the ark which represents the very presence of God. And I want those priests to step into that water. And when the priests step into the water, this is what's going to happen. The river is going to separate, and you're going to walk across on dry ground. They had to get through the Jordan River. They had to have an act of God to get to the land that God had promised them. And they had to first step out. Can you imagine being the first priest and you have everybody else behind you. I'm thinking I want to be one of the priests on the back side in case the water doesn't part. But those priests got their feet wet when they put their foot in. The waters separated, and Israel walked across to the promised land with the miraculous, with the amazing hand of God. And to see, to see God work, you have to take the step. You do what you can do, and then you watch what God does. 
Noah had to swing an hammer for a long time before he saw the rainfall. Peter had to speak at the day of Pentecost before he saw people converted to Christ. I was in one of our former churches. We, didn't, we came in, we didn't have any in, uh, musicians at all. None, zero, zilch, none. I wanted a drummer, so we went out and bought a set of drums. You say, well, that's stupid. You get a drummer, then you buy the drums. We, we bought the drums. They were probably the cruddiest drum, drums ever because I bought them. Um, I don't know anything about drums except you beat them. No, and, but we bought them, and within a few weeks, God sent us a drummer. You have to do, you have to step out, and when you step out, then God begins to work. He, a lot of times I think that we want God to, to give us the dream and then move our feet and say, God, just move us where you want us, and, and God's saying, I, I'm ready to act whenever you are ready to step out in faith. What is your God-given dream? What is it that you really want to accomplish? Who do you want to see come to faith? And, and are you willing to step out? Are you really, really ready to dig deep in prayer? Are you willing to do and go the extra mile with that individual to see them come to faith? Are you really ready to sit down and take the time to pin those words that are in your heart? What is it that God is calling you to do? The Apostle Paul gives us these instructions to the church in Thessalonica. He had only been there a few weeks and he got ran out of town because the gospel's not always so popular among those that don't want to change. And, and so he was run out of town and, and, and he heard later that the church not only survived but it was thriving and it was doing great but there were there were some that, that were struggling with keeping things in their life and they were trying to diminish the, the power and the effectiveness of the church. And, and Paul writes to his first, to, in his first letter to the church in Thessalonica and in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, one of the scriptures that we really like to learn when we were memorizing scripture because it's really, really short. It's not Jesus wept but it's close. And this is what Paul says in his, in, in he's giving them a list of things to do and not do, and he said, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. If you want your church to thrive, if you want to see the presence of God in, in, your, in your midst, then don't quench or don't put out the Spirit's fire. See, the Spirit, I love that, that the Holy Spirit is, is described like a fire, and a, and a fire burns. It, it has intensity. It spreads. In California, you have, you have two, well, in Northern California, you have two seasons. You have wet and dry, green and brown. Green, it rains. Brown, fires. And we've all seen the fires over the last few years, and, and most of those fires are started by one little fire spreads. If you, if you want to see the fire of the Spirit of God spread, just ignite it in your life and see what happens in the lives of those around you. 
Fire creates heat. It creates passion and desire. It's the creative fire within us. It's what drives us. It's what, it's what gives us passion. It's, what, it's the thing in our life that keeps us excited about serving Christ each and every day. It gets us up, and, and when we walk out of a prayer room and we're full of the presence of God, we're, that's, it's the Spirit that said, as God is for us, who can be against us? And Paul said, don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't allow your intensity or your passion or, or, or anything else in your life to diminish the Spirit. Because he said, don't put out or don't quench the Spirit's fire. Quench is it's that word in the Scripture. It's a second person active. It simply means this. Don't, you don't put out the Spirit's fire. The Spirit is not going to put out the Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit's fire in your life, it's not for lack of the Holy Spirit. It's because we have put out the Spirit's fire. Paul is saying, if you want more of the Spirit's fire, quit putting it out. Don't throw water on the fire. That word simply means to be doused, to put out, to be diminished. The things that we do sometimes in our lives that, that, that diminish the Spirit's presence and power in our life, that creative, that creative force in our life that, that allows us to see life as it really is from the spiritual realm and not from the carnal realm, from, from what the eyes of God and not the eyes of men. When we look at that, the things that we, that we allow in our lives that, that stop, that that flow of the spirit that consumes the things in our lives that aren't supposed to be there a lot of them is just simply uh, sin sin will keep it, it weakens the spiritual man every time that that we allow a sin in our life it weakens our spiritual man because we're not going to God to say God what do you want to do today but we're going to him and saying Lord forgive us and and I'm so glad that God forgives us I'm so glad that God lifts us up I'm so glad that God every time I go to him that where John said if you confess your sins he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness I am so thankful for that because I pray that every morning. Lord, I haven't done anything wrong, and, and, and this today's been perfect, but I'm getting ready to get out of bed. I'm so thankful that God forgives, aren't you? But I don't want to spend my whole life praying, God, forgive me. I want to spend a lot of my life saying, God, use me. God, inspire me. And if I'm spending my whole time asking God to forgive me, I don't have the time that I, that I need to allow that spirit to build and grow and, and to challenge my thoughts and to challenge my spirit and to keep me focused on the things of God. Don't allow sin to weaken you. Don't allow the things of this world to defeat you. If you, have, if you have a habit, if, you, if there's something that's holding you down, if there's something that's chaining you down, I, I, I'm here to tell you that the presence of God, the Spirit of God can deliver you. He can set you free. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how long it's been in your life. If you call out on the name of the Lord and say, Lord, I need deliverance, He will deliver. And you can walk free. Into, into a relationship with God that, that you can't even begin to fathom.
Don't allow sin. Don't allow fear. Remember the parable of the talents, the one that had the five and the one that had the three. They, they went out and they invested that money, but the one that was given one talent by his master, the Bible says that he was fearful and he went and hid it. I don't know what, what God has called you to do, what, what passion is burning in your heart, but I do know this, that fear will keep you from ever fulfilling what's in your heart. And the one thing that you don't want to do the one thing that you don't want to be able to, to look back on is at the end of your days, when you know you're getting ready to go to be with the Lord, you don't want to have the regret saying, I had this desire in my heart, but I never lived it out. Take the step. Trust in Him. Don't allow fear to overcome you. You know what fear is? It's faith in the wrong thing. It's, it's trusting more that things will fall apart than trusting that God will provide. Don't allow fear to intimidate you. You know, every person, every person that has done anything amazing, whether it's in the act of war or whatever it may have been, all of them had fear. But courage was when they overcame that fear and did what they needed to do. And I'm not, I, I don't believe that, that, that many Christians that have followed Christ and have done amazing things for Christ were absent of fear. I just believe that they took that fear and they placed it in, in, in a secondary position. They said, I don't care how much. As the three children of, of, Hebrew, of the Hebrew children, they were going into the fire. He said, I know that you can burn us alive, but I also know this, that even if God doesn't deliver me, and I don't know if he's going to deliver me, but I know this one thing, I will not bow my knee to another God. Do you know how much courage that took? Man, think about, don't allow fear to stop you. See, the, the Spirit is a gift. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It, and it's given by God so that we can bless others. It, it's given by God so that we can, that we can use it to, to fulfill what God has placed in our heart. And Paul gives Timothy, his young protege in, in, the, in the gospel, he called him his own son in, uh, in a spiritual context and he and he was writing to Timothy in 2nd Timothy and he says this he said for this reason I left you I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God to fan into flame sometimes the fire goes out when you're camping and so I've heard because I don't camp but <laughs> But I have started a few fires in the fireplace, and, and I know that when the fire goes out, if you fan those embers, they can burst back into flame. And that's what Paul is saying. If your fires died out, allow the, the fan into flame to move anything that's, that's not allowing oxygen to get in there. Put some more fuel on that fire and fan it back into flame. So if there is a passion in your life that has diminished, if there's a dream in your heart that you think is, is over and done with, but there's still a smoldering ember in there, I want to encourage you today to fan it 
into flame. Begin to dream big with God. Call out on God and allow God to ignite that flame and burst it into a blaze that will not only burn anything that's in your life, but will consume you and allow you to fulfill what's in your heart. Fan it into flame. Don't let it die out. He said, for this reason, and he said that reason was simply this, because in the preceding verse in in 1.5 of 2 Timothy, he said, I know that there was a sincere faith in your grandmother, and there was a sincere faith in your mother, and I see that sincere faith in you. Sincere, pure, pure of heart, passionate, generational faith, pure faith, just trusting in God. He said, Timothy, keep your faith sincere. Don't allow your faith to be tarnished. Don't allow your trust in me to be diminished. Don't allow anything to interrupt the understanding that I am your creator, that I am your savior, that you're my son, that I have good plans for you, that no matter what you face in this life, I am always with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That though the winds may rise and though the the sea may billow, I am there to calm the wind and I am there to calm the sea. That you'll never walk alone because, Timothy, you have a sincere pure faith and trust in me. So when low, we can stir those embers and reignite that uh, flame. It's as David at at Ziklag, when he had lost everything in his life, the one thing that he did was he, he... took the garment of praise and he began to worship God and as he began to worship God he regained that fire and passion in his life Paul and Silas being thrown into jail following the desire and the passion and the dream that was in their life and here they are in jail it's somewhere around midnight they begin to pray and worship and seek God and and great things begin to happen see it doesn't matter the circumstances that you're in it matters how you respond to the circumstances that you're in and if you're in a place right now I don't I don't know who I'm talking to maybe it's somebody online but if you're in a circumstance right now that you don't quite understand that it's that that it's narrow it's tight it's it's restricting you don't know how you're going to get out you don't know how you're going to survive I would say call out on God and allow God to begin to set you free prayer seeking God what is your dream I'm going to ask our praise team to come back I'm I'm closing short today. Everybody says amen, hallelujah. Everybody loves a short-winded preacher. Wow. Is there, is there such a thing? And as they come, would you stand with me, please? What is your dream? What is your passion? What is your goal? What do you want to see God do with your life, in your life, for you, for others? What is it that God is saying and speaking to you? Agnes left that meeting with her superiors 
and for the next 50 years worked on completing her dream. Agnes found her way to the slums in Calcutta, India. In 1979, she won the Nobel Peace Prize for humanitarian relief. Toward the end of the life of Agnes, we, we really know Agnes as Mother Teresa. She was asked repeatedly by many people how they too could make a difference like she made a difference. They'd say, Mother Teresa, you have done so much. How can we use our lives to make a difference like you have made a life in the difference of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people? And her answer was almost always the exact same words. Find your own Calcutta. Everybody has a dream. Everybody has a passion and desire. What is your Calcutta? What is your God-given dream? God has given it to you. And he's ready and willing and able. I don't care if you're six or 60 or beyond. If you're here, it's because God's not finished with you yet. And that dream is still alive. And that dream can still be achieved. Trust in Him. Take that step of faith with Him. And realize that even though it's fearful, you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? And let's see what great things God will do in our lives. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you.